Well, this morning we'll, uh, we'll be having, or I'll be starting, I guess, yeah, I'll be starting a new little mini-series um, entitled Spirit Walk, and I literally stole the title from a book and actually the image of it, so I didn't come up with this. <laughs> borrowed, not stole, you don't say that up front. Uh, borrowed this, but uh, I wanted to talk a little bit just for this week, the next two weeks, just a little summer series, three weeks long, just about what it means to walk in the Spirit. Um, you've heard me say this before, but... Uh, and when we talk about the Trinity, it's a, it's a word you won't see in the Bible, but it's a concept that you'll see lived out, the idea of God, the Father, God, the Son, and then God, the Spirit. And uh, Jesus said, it's better that I go away so the Comforter, the, the Spirit, can come. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that because I think there's my life and probably in a lot of people's life, that's probably one of the most confusing things or maybe ones that like, doesn't get talked about a lot. We like to talk a lot about Jesus. Uh, even on our sign at our church building when you're driving in, it says, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Amen. But we, he says it's better that he leaves, that he's not just on the planet, even though, I'm not going to lie, I think it would be really cool if Jesus was just still around, like, in, you know, physical form on the planet. Wouldn't that be cool? So I'm just going to go, if he's still in the Middle East, go to the Middle East, hang out with Jesus for a little bit and come back. But Jesus is like, it's actually better that I leave so I can send the Spirit, the Comforter. And so we're going to be looking at that. Today I'm going to be kind of doing like an overview, uh, high level. Like if you've ever been on a plane flying and you see all the little trees below you, this is high level. It's not like very microscopic. But the next two weeks, I hope we get into some practical applications, actually. This book written by Stephen Smith has some really helpful, I believe, some tools just to kind of, what does it mean to keep in step with the Spirit looking at Scripture? So uh, today, before I dive in a little bit more. I just want to share a story. I love stories, if you know me. Yeah, that's, that's my jam. So uh, when I was about 14 years old, I worked on a maintenance facility staff at a camp, a Christian camp in New Hampshire. And it was, it was awesome. I loved it. I was a camp, uh, uh, one that used to like actually attend it for like four years. And then I was working on maintenance, getting to serve. And it was just super fun. But I was just thinking about the scripture today. The Lord just kept reminding me of when I used to work there. So I was thinking about it. And uh, the maintenance workers, there's probably like maybe like 12 of us, and we're like all, you know, like 14, 16, 18. Uh, we're doing like pretty light, you know, tasks. But every morning we would get together, we'd wake up, and we would meet with our supervisor uh, for the maintenance department, and his name uh, is Doug. And Doug was a, just a sweet, wonderful brother in the Lord. Uh, and I, honestly, I was thinking, who does Doug remind me of? And he actually very much reminds me of Pete Popeil which Pete's right over here. So if you know Pete, has that temperament, that love, that care, choice of words, listening ability, and that's, I was Doug, and I thank you, Pete, for just reflecting Christ that way. And so we get together, and then there would be all these little task slips that were assigned, and the way they came in is when things got broken or toilets were overflowing, who would have thought at a camp? Uh, and they would get these tasks like, hey, this bathroom you don't want to go into where a hazmat suit, or hey, this door's falling off, you know, and you have all these kind of things. And so he would divvy them up, and then he'd put us typically in pairs of two, and then we would be spread out, and we would just go around the camp and try to fix or break things. When you're that age, you have the ability to do both, right? So I think the screen door is supposed to swing, or maybe it's supposed to be a doormat. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I remember going around, and we were just able to do that. Like we, we would, Every morning, meet with Doug. Doug would give us all his tasks, and then we'd just go out together, and we'd go do that. And it was awesome. Some of them were pretty normal. Like, we had to clean all the bathrooms, no surprise, of this pretty large camp. And that was just kind of like a given. And, like, if you could avoid that, right, at a camp with a bunch of kids, like 300 kids, you want to avoid the bathrooms, right, um, or try to dodge them. But there was something that was very important. And I, as I was on maintenance, I realized that 
you know, sometimes it's easier to give better work to things that people see, right? <laughs> than sometimes the things people don't see. But the Lord had to work in my heart that, you know, Jim, the things that are the regular, the things that aren't as flashy are really important to do. And as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, and you're like, how does this even connect? Um, I was thinking about as followers of Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, that we're not meeting with Doug every morning, but we want to be meeting with God every morning. Amen? And he has specific tasks. That's what I love about this illustration. There are specific tasks for us to do that day. Some of them were always the same. And in Scripture, loving God, loving people, that's just always the same, right? That doesn't, that doesn't change. That's just like, that's like, you know, I know it's going to sound weird, but I was thinking like cleaning toilets because the idea of serving like Jesus, in our culture, if you want to be great, be the, be, be the top dog, right? And Jesus' kingdom, if you want to be the great, be the lowest servant, amen? Lowest servant. When I was in Bible school, I remember one of my uh, profs or whatever was just saying, hey, when you go to a church, and a lot of these people, was, you know, you're all fired up for Jesus. It's like, don't try to be the lead pastor or do any of this stuff um, or like save a town or something. When you go somewhere, just ask if you can clean the bathrooms. And we're like, what? I'm like, then we just get like a bunch of years of like training and Bible knowledge and all this cool stuff. And we have all these cool like, you know, skills we can use. It's like, nope, just go ask if you can clean the bathroom. Because the greatest in the kingdom of God is the one that will serve at the lowest level. Amen. And I remember that. I went to a church in Massachusetts and it was kind of awkward. Uh, I was going in to talk about being a volunteer in the youth program. And I was like, so I would like to, I know I'm very simple minded. I'm like, can I clean your bathrooms here? <laughs> And he's like, that's not even what we're talking about, right? He's like, we actually have an awesome custodian that does that. I was like, oh, okay. But the idea, the idea of being willing to serve, that's what love does. Love serves. God's love serves unconditionally and it serves low. And as I was thinking about us as a church, we want to grow and, uh, and listening daily to the Lord and really keeping a step with the Spirit. And that's why I think this, hopefully this sermon series will be helpful with like, Lord, what do you have for me today? How can I do it with another brother or sister and community with others? And uh, we want to do it for your glory. And we want to do it in a way that honors you. And I, I'm hoping and praying that this, this series will help encourage us to do that. So in order to save time and have a really cool illustration, uh, there's a group on YouTube called the Bible Project Video. And uh, some of you might be familiar with them. But I want to take a moment just look at the Holy Spirit, as you see from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Just a quick overview, visually illustrated. Kids, you'll love this. Adults, you'll love this. That might help us be like, who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do today? Um, and we're just going to watch a, a quick couple-minute video before we jump into our main text this morning, which will be in Galatians. So if we have that video, can we watch it right over here as we learn more about the Holy Spirit? If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> so you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. 
Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, Ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. Well, we know that the Holy Spirit empowers us to love God and others, right? It's a great place for it to pause. But the Holy Spirit comes on the Old Testament, and I love those examples of selective people. And in the New Testament, we're about to see Jesus' death on the cross. The Holy Spirit comes on believers and empowers them uh, to do great things for the glory of God with just ordinary, nothing special, just people that are surrendered to the Spirit of God. That's where we want to be, amen? That's where I want to be. I just want to be in that place. I remember when I first came up here as an intern, uh, Heard so much as uh, John Ott would just share about the earlier days of New Hope, which used to be called Koinonia. Many of you know that, which is the Greek word for fellowship. And just the Spirit of God just, just working in a powerful way. Does it mean it was not messy? You know, there was messy people and messy things, right, John? <laughs> but the Lord was moving. I remember just hearing uh, the Lord adding uh, people coming to know Christ uh, on what sounded like almost a weekly, people, like weekly basis or uh, new uh, songs. God would give people songs and hymns and spiritual songs during the week, and then they just sing in a church on Sunday. I was like, so cool. People getting healed, the gospel advancing, uh, the church united. The Spirit of God can do so many different things. So in a moment, we're going to look at Galatians 5. But just for those who maybe you're visiting or wherever your background, you might be like when you hear the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Maybe that's really exciting for you. Maybe you're just kind of like, whoa. I just want to give a reminder from Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 about the Holy Spirit. It says, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So sometimes when you hear the Holy Spirit, you think of maybe like extremes and charismatic Pentecostal movements or, or maybe other like counters like that. But I love this reminder. I remember reading scripture. I was like, wow. So the Holy Spirit's the one that guarantees our inheritance in, in, in God. Isn't that awesome? Like, without the Holy Spirit, there's no salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to heaven. <laughs> the cool thing is, if Christ is in you, then the Spirit's in you. Because the three are one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. So the question isn't, if you know Christ, do I have the Spirit in you? You do have the Spirit. The question is, am I letting the Spirit guide me? Amen? <laughs> Lead me. Keep in step. Fill me. Being baptized daily. Not just a one-moment thing. Not to be, uh, you know, controlled 
by getting drunk or much wine, but being filled, baptized in the Spirit of God. So we're going to look at Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. This is Paul writing to the church at Galatia. And no surprise, most of Paul's letters are dealing with people problems. Do we have any people problems today? <laughs> yes? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, well, let's just pray and close. And this is not, a, this, this won't apply to anyone here. Man, wrong church. I'll go to a different church and preach it. Um, but anyways, at this church, believe it or not, there's people who are sinners that had issues. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe, Mark. Uh, so... <laughs> And the issue was, they're being divisive. There's paganism coming in, and then they're having this whole, like, well, are you fulfilling the law to the extent? So you got, like, the legalizers. Specifically, it was focusing around circumcision and just kind of like, are you in? Are you out? This is it. You're better if you do the law, whatever. And Paul's trying to make it clear to the Galatians that you have been free in Christ to follow after God. That what the law could and cannot do on its own, Jesus has done, and that it's by the grace of God that you are free. Amen? So it's grace. It's just grace and grace and grace. You've been set and called to be free. The interesting thing is Paul's also saying that just because you have this freedom, though, doesn't mean you just do whatever you want, right? It's like, well, if grace of God's going to abound, then let the sin abound, right? Because if God will forgive me at any level, then I can just kind of sin bully and accept grace bully. Is that a good way to live? No. That's, that's not a way of when we think of Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. We like Savior when it comes to Lord. That's not really following God as Lord. And so Paul's speaking and encouraging and challenging and rebuking these Christians because they're just like regular people. We can become sinners. And because of that, or we are sinners, there's division and there's discord. And there's ways of, he'll use this word called the flesh, meaning just letting ourselves go with our sinful desires, what we're capable of and what we have done. But then he's going to give us encouragement that there's another way to do life, church at Galatia. There's another way that you can live that isn't just biting and devouring each other. There's a way to keep in step with the spirit that produces a fruit that I believe all of us want to grow in. So let's check it out as Paul's writing this message in verse 13. He says, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. I'm just going to pause for a second. And when we think of churches, I just as a reminder, churches are just people. They're not the building. So sometimes we think, oh, church, they're like, no, it's people, you know. Uh, we can do this in a church. We can do this in a marriage. We can do this in a family. We can do this at Thanksgiving with aunts, all our aunts and uncles, right? Okay, maybe not. Forgot, this is the wrong church to preach this to. But <laughs> no, we're doing, we're doing great to love each other. And this is, I'm not bringing this up. You're like, oh, there's a known issue. I never bring it up this way. I'm just saying we all can keep growing. So let's look at verse 16. Paul says, but I say, walk doesn't say sprint. It says walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then this will speak home to all of us. For the desires of the flesh are against the, against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Is that not real or what? If we have to be honest, we all have struggles. Some of us are just more honest about it. But we all have struggles. And Paul is, I mean, he's just saying it like it is. Flesh, the sinful desires are warring against the spirit. Ah, 18. 
but if you are led by the Spirit, but if, if you are led by the Spirit, meaning there's a possibility we don't want to be led by the Spirit, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. And when you look at a list like this, sometimes it's easy to look at certain sins you're not doing, right? It's like, I'm doing great. Not doing that one, right? But then there's also ones where like, oh yeah, Lord, struggle with that one, right? We have to be honest, this is not an exhaustive list of sins that Jesus died for on the cross, but that we're in sinners. We are sinners in need of Jesus. He's making the point that if you cannot fall into temptation and sin and try to get out of it, but if you are living this lifestyle over and over and over again, that this will not lead to an eternal life with Jesus. And he says it this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I just want to give that little warrant, uh, encouragement for those of you who are struggling in a certain area and you feel like God's wanting you to grow in it, but you're trying to get help. This is, I'm not talking about you in this, or Paul's not talking about you in this. It's those who's like, I'm, I'm in an area of sin and I don't want to get help. And I just keep going and going and going. Are you with me this morning? So you have no desire to actually get out of that. And I know many people, which I, I, I just, I just congratulate people when people are like, hey, I got this hidden sin issue. I got this going on in my life. I need help. I just like high five people now. Because I'm like, that's awesome. Because we're all sinners, and that's really brave and courageous of you to ask for help. Because oftentimes, if we don't ask for help, what do we do? Keep that sin hidden. And you know, hidden sins, they don't actually get smaller. It's like a spiritual cancer. They just grow and grow and grow. I don't want to be there. I don't know about you. But Paul gives us hope. And I remember learning these, these, the next couple of verses in Sunday school class, and you'll probably know it, but, oh, Lord, would this be true in our life? Not just in our minds, but in our life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So you can sell out the church at Galatia, not here. They had issues, right? They were sinners. Now we're also sinners too, but it's easy to look at another church like the church at Galatia. They had issues going on. But the encouragement is, is that if you are alive in the spirit, if you are spiritually reborn, don't just live there and then just do whatever you want. Live in the spirit, but also keep in step with the spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, I was just reading about that a little bit more this week. It's beautiful because I, I want them all, right? How about you? You want the fruit of the Spirit in your life? I'm like, I want it. And I got this picture. I was reading commentary. I just loved it because you're like, okay, fruit, there's one fruit, or how does it even look? But I guess the image picture would have been like a cluster of grapes um, and having all these fruits on there that they're all together unique, right? But they're also united. And the picture of the fruit of the Spirit it's this picture of like a cluster of grapes. They're all united together in Christ. They're beautiful. They're together. And they're only through Jesus. We can see the difference between what we can accomplish in our sinful nature, um, the workings of that. But Paul's making the point that there's a fruit that comes from the Spirit. Fruit's not something we work. Fruit's a result of something within, right? Religion tries to get all of these things apart from God. Externally, 
<laughs> when Christ, grace and mercy through the Holy Spirit is working within us, we start to look more like Jesus, not because we're working, but because Christ is working in us, amen? And there's a difference. One's relationship, one's religion. One's work-based, one's based by grace. Now, the interesting thing, and in order to allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, we'll look at that more practically in the next two weeks, um, we don't want to just be like, well, God, you just need to do stuff. I'm just going to do me. I could get back to that whole, like, you're using your, our freedom for our own indulgences. This idea of actively waiting on the Lord. It's like the idea of just surrendering, right? I surrender, Lord, to you. And, Lord, I'm inviting you to work within. Aaron, this morning, I know you, I love what you did, but he provided space for us to linger in the presence of God together in praise and worship. And the reason why he's doing that is because he's wanting all of us to have a moment just to be able to receive what the Holy Spirit might want to give us today, amen? You can't fast food your way or fast through, drive through your way through the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, for those who like the garden and uh, maybe have some vegetables or some fruit, Crystal's really big in the gardening, uh, fruit just doesn't come overnight, right? It can take time. Sometimes the Lord will bless us with certain like fruit spiritually quickly, but oftentimes it's that daily, it's just doing the things that nobody sees that result in the things that everybody wants. And that daily time of just being with the Lord privately, wherever it is in the day, just praying, listening, pausing. I find one of the hardest things to do in my life, and maybe you can relate with this, is to do nothing. I can do a project, I could clean the house, I could do something. But the idea of like, Lord, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to linger. I'm going to intentionally slow my life down just so I can just be in your presence. And like uh, using John 15 as an illustration, like a gardener who's just going to kind of like prune those areas of my life that need to be snipped off so it can produce more fruit, I'm going to slow down and not run away from the gardener. <laughs> Sometimes I could run away from the gardener. I know there's things in my life. Talk to my wife. She'll be like, oh, yeah, there's things in life, you know. I love John mentioned to me, he's like, man, when you, when you get married, it's like, you know you're dysfunctional, but then once you get married, you're like, you really know. Isn't that the truth? I'm like, man, you can kind of keep it a little bit more hidden. But once you're doing life with someone, you're like, man, you got some issues. I got some issues. So thankful for grace and for mercy. Uh, recently, I was biking over at Lehman Park, uh, right across from SUNY Pot Stand. And they had like this cool lean-tune thing they just built. And I was biking, I don't know, I'm just like biking random places. So I was just biking down this trail. And I came up this trail. I came into like a field. And I wish I took a picture of it. And maybe this was like a community garden or like a school garden. I don't know what it was. But I just came out of this trail. And then there was just like uh, this garden fence. that was quite big, actually. And it looked really nice on the outside because whoever was mowing it mowed it right along the fence. But on the inside, this garden has obviously been unkept. The weeds were like this tall inside of it. They were actually taller than the fence, right? But the grass on the outside was so cut, so nice that you could see it. And I just thought, wow, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. He's like, that's a picture sometimes of my heart, right? Or your heart. Are you with me this morning? Just to get in real. I could have said you, but I started with me. But our heart, the Church of Galatia's heart, <laughs> those Galatians, we'll judge them. No, our heart, let's be real this morning. It was just so beautifully cut, like the mowing on the outside. If you just looked at the fence and the grass, you're like, this garden has everything together except vegetables, uh, fruit, growth, and there's weeds that are overtaking everything and choked out the light of the plants. But besides that, this garden is the garden you would want to be. And sometimes our hearts look like that. We have to slow down and trust the gardener to work in us and take out of us the things that don't align. 
Anytime God wants to get rid of something in our life, it's only because he has something better for us, amen? It's, it's, it's hard. Uh, this whole idea of crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires, oh, it is so much easier just to live your passions and desires 100%, right? Just you do you all day. That's, I don't find that hard to do. It's like, how can I be as prideful as possible today? Huh. It's going to take some real strategic planning. You know, I'll have to ask some friends, get some insight, run a spreadsheet, see which one I'm doing at 10, 11. No, that's just silly. It's so easy each day, if we want, just to live for ourselves. But the invitation that Paul's encouraging the Galatians is if you live by the Spirit, so if you're a Christ follower, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Something that you'll see in Scripture if you're reading the Gospels is that, and I, had, I didn't come up with this, but that Jesus doesn't ever seem to be in a hurry, right? He spends a lot of time in prayer, sometimes prays all night. If you look at it in some ways, he just goes from prayer, gap, prayer time with the Lord, prayer time with the Lord, prayer time with the Lord, and in between, there's miraculous power between them. Uh, the video, if it played all out, we saw in the beginning, but it's talking about the Holy Spirit being the very power that equips us to do the things that God's calling us to do, to do the tasks that God's asking us to do each day. We don't do it alone. It's so encouraging that um, we can't save ourselves and we can't save our family members. Do you realize that? It kind of takes a weight off. Because if you think, I got to save my family members or my friends, my coworkers, the person on the street I met, it just puts a lot of pressure and there's a lot of weight. But then you realize, oh, wait, no, Jesus died for them. Um, Jesus loved them before they ever loved him. Um, okay, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do in this relationship? It takes the weight off, right? Or if you see someone sick and you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to go pray for them. The Holy Spirit might lead you to do that. That's quite biblical, and you'll see it today too. Um, we can't heal anyone, right? But God can. So if there's someone sick and the Lord's just leading you to pray for someone sick, it's like, all right, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do here? I remember walking a couple of weeks ago with Crystal, and we were just walking down Bay Street, and there was, a, I think, a college student that's coming out of her house. It was early in the morning on crutches, and I, I was thinking in my head, like, oh, man, it'd be kind of cool to pray for, but, you know, I don't know. I also like going for a walk, and then Crystal's like, I'm going to go pray for that lady. I'm like, oh, cool. So she went on over and just said, hey, can I pray for you? She's like, well, I got a ride coming soon, and uh, you got like a minute or two. Crystal's like, cool, that's all I need. And uh, so she just goes and prays for this, uh, this uh, college student who's on crutches, who obviously needs prayer, right? She's praying for healing. And I just thought that was awesome because like, wow, go, Crystal. Like, you're, one, you're, you're alive in the spirit. Two, you're being led by the spirit. Three, you're praying for someone that the spirit would do something in their life, specifically healing, that's nothing of crystal, but everything of God. Are you with me this morning? And I just want to give the practical examples. We'll get more practical next week. But just, just as little steps, just, Lord, I want to keep in step with you. Not a sprint, not like let's rush as fast as possible. Sometimes the spirit might just want to slow you down just so you can rest and have your soul be restored, like Psalm 23. Maybe it's not taking new territory for the kingdom. Maybe it's letting the kingdom take some more territory in the heart. You just need to be restored, refreshed, renewed. Whatever the Lord has for you. God is such a great dad, amen? And he's a good gardener. He knows what we need to keep. He knows what needs to be pruned. And he knows what needs to be removed in our lives better than we do. So when we slow down, those sins, those weights that are so easily entangled, you can start to take off. And we can be a place where the Holy Spirit resides within that's holy and beautiful. Not because we're great, because God's doing great things in us. Should probably, yeah, should probably wrap up in a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go through this in detail. I'm just going to give you real quick the gifts. Maybe you want to read this next week. But So there's a fruit of the Spirit. There's salvation by the Spirit. There's a fruit of the Spirit. There's also the gifts of the Spirit. Um, the fruit of the Spirit, that is open game 
We're all believers. Um, there's not like some special Christian that gets love and you're just left with peace, you know? It's like, I'm very peaceful, but I hate my family, you know? That is, I just didn't get the love, you know? It's like, man, there's like a cluster of grapes and I got one. I just took the one and I just held it, you know? But I'm, I'm very peaceful about it, though, you know? No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, the, the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit is just you abide more, and you'll see it. Uh, men and women who have let the Holy Spirit work in their life, they overflow with the fruit of the Spirit. There's testimony. So you can read Scripture like, all right, this is God's Word. Just believe God's Word. But God's Word then applied to the power of the Holy Spirit. You can see testimonies. And when I look out here, I see testimonies of men and women who overflow with the fruit of the Spirit. And John, I keep using it, but I think of John and Jane you're a great example of a couple that overflows with the fruit of the Spirit. Anyone else see that? Okay, yeah. It's praise God. And there's other examples you can just go through. Those have lingered longly in the presence of God that did all the little private disciplines that nobody saw but wants the fruit, right? That's what happens a lot. So how comes that marriage is so awesome? Somebody's on their knees praying and crucifying the flesh every day. <laughs> or your spouse is doing it to you. One or the other, right? No, don't crucify your spouse. Crucify your sinful desires. But someone's praying somewhere. If I'm working with a new couple that's getting married or premarital, I used to, I do talk about like practical stuff. But now I just focus on if you're not abiding like John 15 daily, there's no way you can love your spouse the way Jesus does on your own. Are you with me? And I'm like, if you want a marriage that is awesome, not perfect, but awesome because God's in you, somebody, ideally both people, are dying daily, taking up their cross daily and letting the Holy Spirit live within. Because then we get a husband and a wife, right, that will sacrificially serve and clean the toilet, so to speak. I am trying to outserve my spouse. I am trying to outserve my kids. Not in a competition form, but in a way of, you know what? I want to serve at the lowest level possible. I'm not trying to get my spouse just to serve me all day. I'm not trying to get my family members, my coworkers just to serve me. When I walk in the church, I'm not trying to like, you serve me, you serve me, you serve me. I'm like, I'm just trying to serve at the lowest level possible. Because in the kingdom of God, the greatest is the one that serves at the lowest. Amen? It changes marriages. It changes families. It changes churches. If we all try to be first, you know what it looks like? Looks like a bunch of people who are biting each other, devouring one another. Paul says, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. That's what the result of pride can do, the flesh at its full extent. But in the spirit, there's something that's amazingly beautiful. Uh, two of our missionaries that I just want to use an example to, I used them before uh, in other sermons, but Dave and Gene Coles, they overflow with the fruit of the spirit. And specifically, Dave Coles overflows with the joy of the Lord nonstop. If you haven't met him, just trust me. If you have, I'm like, man, what are you doing that I'm not doing? You know what I mean? And then I realized one day when Dave's saying, you know, it's Sunday. I'm excited just to have a sweet time with the Lord this afternoon for several hours. We're just going to hang out and talk right outside of Reardon's barn. And I thought, there it is. He abides in Jesus. He lets Jesus abide in him. He's letting the spirit work out things that shouldn't be there. He's not perfect. None of us are. But he's letting Christ deposit things that are of him. The interesting thing, all of this is accessible and possible because of God's grace. And all we have to do is make margin in our life to linger in the presence of God. Isn't it remarkably how simple that is, but almost how impossible it is for us to do that? Because we're just too busy in this culture to slow down 
and makes time to wait on the Lord. All right, I'm not going to read the gifts. We're going to wrap it up. Um, can I have the musicians come on up as we're we'll wrapping up? We'll talk more about gifts and stuff like that. Those are specific gifts that the God will give through the Spirit uh, for different tasks, which would tie in well. Um, but I think we're going to linger here for a little bit. I'm excited for what God wants to do in us. Amen. Anyone else excited? I'm excited what God wants to do through us. There are others in this community that don't know Jesus. Once again, we can't save them. We can't heal people. But God can and does. And so the question, like I gave that illustration in the, the, uh, earlier, was when we went to Doug and just asked, Doug, what are we supposed to do today? We all just listened to the same person, and he gave us different tasks. And based on our gift sets, he would then send us out throughout the, throughout the camp. I thought, what a beautiful picture if daily we were just spending time with the Lord and asking God, Lord, would you lead me today? Today's your day. I don't have tomorrow promise. I can't relive yesterday, but I have today. Uh, God, could I keep in step with the Spirit? And if you know, as I'm sharing this, you're realizing you have not been keeping step with the Spirit. You've actually been running ahead, running away, running from. Even the psalmist says, if I go up to the highest mountains, you'll find me there. If I go to the lowest depths, you'll be there. You can't outrun the Spirit of God. God loves you. And if you're questioning that, I want to let you know God's a God you can trust. He cares for you. Even when you're going through an incredible, difficult time, the Lord is not forsaking you. He's not giving up on you. His spirit actually is him dwelling within. He is the comforter, the paraclete, the one that walks alongside. So let's take a moment to pray. Uh, let's respond in song in a moment. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're a kind and loving God. You're holy, you're just, you're powerful. But God, you don't leave us like orphans. You don't abandon us. You don't ask us to do something we can't do. You actually ask us to do something we can't do, and then you empower us to do it. God, I thank you for the dependency that we have to have on you every day. Lord, forgive me when I'm not dependent on you. When I decide, you know, today's the day Jim's is doing on his own. That's the day I fail. But Lord, I thank you that today's a new day. There's new mercies every morning. And God, I pray as we're just in a place to receive you afresh, God. I pray that this wouldn't just be knowledge in our head about some church in Galatia 2,000 years ago that was screwed up. God, I pray that this would be transformative scripture in our lives, set on fire by the Spirit of God in our souls and ignited in our hearts this week. Holy Spirit, I pray for marriages that are struggling to be firmed up this week, God. God, I pray for families that maybe everyone's just doing their own thing, God, that could be just out serving each other. God, I pray for those in our community this week that are hurting, the lost, the broken, the marginalized, the poor, those who don't have a friend to listen to them, those who maybe don't know where their next meal is coming from, those who are maybe just living their life completely for themselves. God, would you use us, oh Lord, to be used by you. And Lord, I know that if none of us decide to follow you this week, your plans will still be accomplished because <laughs> you're the God who is outside of time. But Lord, I pray that we would be part of your mission this week, that you wouldn't have to tap on someone else's shoulder to reach our neighbor, that you could use us to reach our neighbor. Lord, we wanna live each day for you. And God, I pray that you would be glorified and magnified, that the heyday of this church would not be the 70s, but would be 2022 and forward because it'd be a fresh outpouring of your spirit. God, I believe there's greater things to come. God, I believe there's a whole lot more people are going to be welcomed into your kingdom. Lord. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.